3: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly, call 1-800-858-858. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ.
0: Uh very good morning. Look, we've dropped the ball. We've dropped the ball. No, Ricardo ball, but Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook here this morning and here early again. Yes, second week in a row. We're here at eight o'clock in the morning because SCNZ is taking the cricket commentary crucial match today from eleven o'clock. Commentators will be in a bit earlier than that, about 10.25 for the White Ferns up against England in what has become a critical match in the Women's World Cup. But we're here to talk greyhound racing this morning with grnz.co.nz. Check out all the fields, the news and information there, and a very busy show with three guests. But first and foremost, my co-host, Andy McCook, must be used to early morning. So eight o'clock, no problem for you. How are you, my friend?
3: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Early mornings, you, you're used to them. I don't, don't like them. I try and avoid them as much as possible. It's uh, it's good now that I'm in the broadcasting area of things, Roslo, because when I awake in the morning and I stare outside, it's either raining or snowing or just way too hot. I just say to Janine, hey, look, you're, unfortunately, you're the trainer. I've got form to do, so good luck out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, it's a land of extremes, isn't it there, horrata. Uh, inland Canterbury, uh, either red hot or, or, or blue cold, huh?
3: No real in between with it, to be fair. We get uh, yeah, we get the absolute extreme in the summer, and uh, for a for a little fat boy like me, it uh, gets me sweating. I can tell you that. And in the middle of winter, when we got snow up to your... up to you ankles sometimes up to your knees or it's uh, raining and there's mud. It's just not a fun experience being outside. So inside crunching form, well, that's what I tell them. Inside crunching form, that's the place to be with the heat pump blaring.
0: In front of the fire. Look, you've done a stack of form this last fortnight, uh, Andy, because Trevor Wilkes commentator are down there for the Christchurch Greyhound Racing Club has been uh, away on leave and you've been filling in four meetings a week. How do you go with that by the end of the week, is your head just, just full of, of, of Class 1 sprint form?
3: Yeah, it's full of something. I'm not sure if form's the word for it, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, no, she's fairly full on. You've got to take your head off to uh, to Trev doing it week in, week out. It's, uh, it's very, very full on. There's always something to do even on your uh, your quiet days, the, the Wednesday, the Saturday, the Sunday, you're still trying to do form and watch replays and get everything uh, crammed on in there. So yeah, she's full noise. I, I think you're at Close, and you, you know, when Wanganui were running, Rosso ran with you three meetings a week, but uh, yeah, four sort of takes it to another level. But um, it's always good to be busy, makes the time go fast. Yes,
0: indeed. Look, the, the, the three meetings that I used to have, the, the issue, Andy, was uh, was the 16 hours in a car travel, uh, two full working days, if you like, travel for those meetings. But of course, things have changed a little bit in the central districts, and we'll be talking more about that later in the show about half past the hour, we're looking to catch up with uh, Alan Frost, the president of the Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club, and just see where the club is at as uh, the track looks to be uh, resurfaced there at Hetrick uh, Raceway, and uh, just what the club's role uh, will be in that and what sort of a timeline we can expect from their perspective. Prior to that, we're going to have a chat with uh, Marsha Black, really looking forward to that, and later on to uh, Ashley Bradshaw. But... Andy, just looking back at your week, some very quick times there at Addington. So obviously the track's been quick, the conditions must have been good, but some pretty slick greyhounds too.
3: Very nice greyhounds. We've got some really good greyhounds uh, down here in Canterbury and a few of them out of the Opawa racing team. And gee, they're just having an absolute run at the moment. This week, probably the best the track's been in a long time as well. So uh, things just mapped for perfect racing conditions, a perfect track and, uh, and 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 fast times. We had three greyhounds break the 17 second barrier. Apart, uh, sorry, Gold Star Nolan out of the, the very nice Fabregas Kiaka 2 fever litter who's of course, uh, Nolan Shaggy and, uh, and part of that litter as well, Gold Star Portia, who's uh, very close to breaking the 17 seconds as well as is Gold Star Shaggy. Nolan did it twice in a row last week. This week, she's very, very handy getting off the lids a whole lot cleaner. She got beaten on Thursday, but that was in another sub-17 where Homebush Sirius bounced back to his best, straight to the lead, breaking that uh, that 17-second barrier as well. It was good to see him back at his uh, absolute peak again. Homebush Sirius, one of the best sprinters we've got down here in Canterbury. And, of course, on Friday we had Diego Jim do it in a fresh state. He was uh, unseen since December out of the Tony Hart team. He just ripped straight to the top basically and uh, and he broke the 17 second barrier as well and it was just start seven for him as well. He brought up his fifth win on that occasion. It was very, very good and uh, you'd think with a little bit of racing under his belt that he will only be going forward. So those were the sprinters and Rosso, over the 520 metres, we had three, uh, three Greyhounds break the 30 second barrier all with the Opawa prefix. We started with uh, Opawa Conan on Tuesday. He ran a 29 and 97 out of the Bruce Dan team to remain unbeaten. The Opawa team kicked it on with Gina who ran twenty nine seventy six. She just got straight on the arm early doors and uh, was all over for the rest of them. She showed us the ability that Dave Fahey's always thought she had. She finally put it all together on race day. And then of course, Wayne on Thursday who ran twenty nine eighty after his bold second in the cup to uh, Opawa superstar. So, Gee, the one thing you get out of all of that, Roz, as I stop rambling on, is the absolute field day the Opawa racing team continue to have. They're just reeling out good dog after good dog after good dog. They've all got speed. Most of them can run 500. And, gee, things are looking pretty for the Robin Wales Opawa Racing Limited.
0: Andy, look, um, you're not rambling on. It's, uh, It's a very difficult thing. I love greyhound racing, as you know. Uh, I follow it to the best of my ability, but it's very difficult to keep up with everything around the country. And when there's four meetings in in one place, Uh, like Addington Raceway. uh, It's nice to have somebody uh, to to do a bit of a roundup for me. What really encourages me about those names you've all mentioned, Andy, are New Zealand bred greyhounds. And obviously, the New Zealand bred greyhound is critical to our industry and to our future, especially with the uh, various... um, Limits that have been tried to be put on imports, but all manner of um, extra costs and, um, you know, another uh, government regulation that's come in recently that's, that's going to kind of um, potentially restrict uh, importing uh, and make it difficult. So the fact that we have got New Zealand breads running these times, obviously we've got access to the best blood, effectively from around the world now, but certainly out of Australia, which has been the key. I, I think it's a great thing.
3: It certainly is, and there's no real reason we can't start catching up to the Aussies now with uh, with what we have access to here. I think uh, the best thing to come out of it, Rosso, one of those greyhounds, Opawa Conan. He's by American Warrior, who stands here in New Zealand, uh, Katie Wiley, the, uh, the studmaster for him, and he's starting to do a pretty decent job. There's some nice gold stars running around side by him, and now he's got a sub-32nd time to his name with Opawa Conan. The rest of them by... Australian sires, Dyna Villa, uh, Homebush Sirius. He's by Dyna Villa. with some Fabregas in there and, of course, some Fernando Bales. So things looking relatively good. And, Rosso, in terms of greyhounds that are standing here in New Zealand, we also saw Jason Dunn win back-to-back races with a greyhound by the name of Deep Value. Now, he's by Dyna Elwin, who's standing with Hooter. Howard Anderton's got a stud dog there that he got off Craig Roberts, and uh, he's starting to leave a couple of winners as well. So things looking good with not only that top echelon of, of Australian sires that we can get our hands on, but we're also getting winners from some of our best that we've seen race here in New Zealand that have gone on to, uh, to now become stud dogs, and dogs like, a, like a American Warrior starting to leave their mark, and just that trademark speed that Warrior had, he seems to have put that down to uh, some of his sons, including Conan.
0: And just on that um, uh, deep value, Andy, I think, is that the, the litter that a lumber is also out of, unbeaten in five?
3: Yes, it is. It's, uh, it's a very good litter. There's another one going around today. Uh, Rob Rope has got an hedge hunter who's, uh, who's one from one as well. So it's a, a very nice litter. They've got speed, very, very fast animals, and they, uh, they seem to get it right early as well. Well, especially the ones down here. I didn't... Um yeah, they're, they're just nice animals. Uh, Deep Valley was tried over the 500 first up, and uh, he failed on that occasion, but he just didn't get the start clean at all, and his next two sprint wins have been very good and very well placed by Jason Dunn as well. He'll take his place in a, a maiden final at Eddington on Monday, looking to uh, to make it three on the bounce.
0: Mm, the horse will hustle out of that litter as well. He's won uh, four races. Um You've left me about a minute to talk about the North Island Championships, uh, Andy, and and I don't think that's a bad thing because I really want to have a chat to to Marsha Black. We're going to get to Marsha very shortly after the break, but um, the North Island Championship, there were no heats. Um, This might be something we can discuss uh, in the future, but anyway, there's a $20,000 straight final coming up on Friday at the Manawatu Raceway, which I'm thoroughly looking forward to calling. There were nine nominations. Allegro Zippy is the first ballot Did win a race in 2591 on Friday. Zippy? So if she got a start. She'd certainly make an impact. Uh, it was the seven dogs that went around in race five on Friday night. It was a really good race, actually. Big time. Kaylee just hung on from Agent Levi, who was super cumbria lad was third after a slow start. Not even Al was fourth. Freedom League was heavily backed in that, but missed the kick. But they'll all go around again alongside of Mustang Charlie. And Andy, it's going to be great to see Mustang Charlie back because he got injured at a critical time. And um, he's missed a couple of big races, like obviously the Auckland Cup, but also one on his home patch as well. That he would have been uh, very hard to beat in, you would have thought. But uh, Mustang Charlie uh, Kennel reporting Andy on Friday did trial in 25 and 60, so he's going to be back in good shape to take on dogs like Freedom League and Agent Levi and Big Time Kaylee on Friday in the North Island Championship
3: will be good to see him back and of course we know the the cold team can have them ready to rock and roll in a fresh state as well so it'll be uh, it'll be good to see him back and rozzo he just adds something to any race he goes around in doesn't he uh, mustang charlie that lack of early speed followed up by that second phase acceleration that i'm pretty sure is second to no one in the country that second form that he has where five or six, seven strides into the race, he just powers into top gear and blows past top-grade 500-metre dogs like they're tied to the paint. It's just unbelievable.
0: <laughs> it is. I feel sorry for the other dogs sometimes because they're quality dogs, obviously. Uh, but yes, he can. That uh, acceleration is just breathtaking. Um, he came out with a big rep, and, and the kennel had a, a, a big rap on him, um, the cold kennel. But... Um, it, uh, it just took a, a little bit of time here to get used to, to conditions and things, and, and now, uh, boy, he's, he's uh, something else to watch. So looking forward to calling Mustang Charlie in the Group 2 North Island Championship. Straight final on Friday, but... This is dog speed, and we must move on at dog speed because we want to have a chat to uh, trainer Marcia Black, who's actually got three runners in at Monaco today. Want to talk to her about uh, her time in greyhound racing and a very special win for her with Just Naya on Thursday at Cambridge Raceway. That's all coming on dog speed shortly with Greyhound Racing New Zealand, and you can check out all the action grnz.co.nz. Also, get on lovegreyhounds.org.nz. Some outstanding greyhound videos on there as well. Back soon. <laughs> And we're at full gallop now in dog speed. We welcome the first of our three guests on the show this morning, and it's uh, Marsha Black, who trains a team out at uh, Fodder And uh, Marsha, we say a very good morning to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Can you hear me? We got you there, Marsha. Oh, get yeah, on, Marsha. Sorry, we just just didn't quite have the connection. We've got you there now, and that's the important thing. I want to take you back to Thursday. I get I get the feeling that every win is special for you, but on Thursday, Just Nia won it at Cambridge, and she'd been trying for a while there, she'd been trying for a long time to get another win, I think it had been over a year since her prior win, and 40-odd uh, <laughs> starts, so how was it for you with Just Nia winning uh, at Cambridge on Thursday?
4: Look, is my baby, um, I've had her since she was little, and I was nearly in tears, with just just being a proud mum of her like she tries every single week and I'm just amazed, she's so little and I'm like come on baby, let's go home, they're too big but um, no, she's had the opportunity I said to her, she could retire if she wanted to, gave her another race, she came back she had a um, injury up in her groin um, while she had time off and racing her, talking to Ross And when they said to race her once a week at Waikato, she looks more suited now to Waikato. And um, we've done that, and she's just gone really good every week. She just loves it.
0: That's really interesting, Marsha, and you talk about Ross and Lynn Udi there. I know they've been a a big influence and help for you, but um, I, I was wondering why you were running her there, given she'd won nine races at Manukau, but she had been running good races there, I guess, my only uh, disappointment was not being able to call her because there was a couple of times there where I've been calling those meetings lately and I really thought she was going to win and she didn't quite, so it must be very special.
4: Oh, it was, yeah. Um, The reason with Auckland, the bend seemed too tight for her and she was pulling back a bit. Um, We gather that was because of the injury that she had had where she was just put off feeling it there. Um, And... Look, I don't really care. As long as my babies are happy, they can run wherever they like.
0: Indeed. Um, Look, I I, I can tell from you just talking about just now how much these greyhounds mean to you, Marsha. So what is your background uh, in greyhound racing? Uh, How early did you get involved in your life?
4: Um, My papa had them when we were little. I remember going to his place, I think I was about four or five and there was uh, dogs in the kennel and used to absolutely love them and then I kind of forgot about them until James, my brother, started racing and um, went one day to watch them and um, yeah, I saw Little Bright Star race and I was like, there's a little dog racing these big dogs, that's not fair. And she absolutely blew me away. I was in awe of this little dog beating all these big dogs. And then um, there was another one, Platinum Playboy. He was so handsome. I just fell in love with him. So yeah, that's how Playboy. (laughs) Yes, very. (laughs) It was stunning. Um, Yeah, and then I was originally going to. adopt Cullen's Impact and Rhyme and Melody from James. He was retiring them and I was playing with them at home one day and I said, oh, do you mind if I give them a go at racing again? And he says, sure, you can have a try. And that was the end of it. I was stuck.
1: <laughs>
4: Just absolutely in yeah. love with them.
0: Stuck in a good way. How do the Greyhounds yeah. help you on a day-to-day basis, Marsha?
4: Oh, look be honest I um, have depression and anxiety and they just light up my life they just bring me so much happiness there's okay dogs same day different day but they always have um, something that they do differently and just going out to see them and their snuggles and all of their little antics they just bring joy to my life
0: it's awesome. Um, they, uh, just having a look at your um, statistics for the season, Marsha, and I think you've had nine dogs to the races uh, and you've picked up uh, eight wins. What, what sort of a team do you run and what facilities do you have?
4: Um, I only have a small team. Um, I've only got six race dogs on there at the moment. Um, Scooter's on there. Um, he's training the babies. Well, he was. Um, so he had to be left on there. But we just have 10 kennels with, um, I have Mobility Scooter and On Demand inside with me. And um, the three puppies down bottom. So yeah, we don't have a big team. Like, I don't want a big team. I don't want it to become overwhelming. I like to have my one-on-one time with each of them.
0: And you have one-on-one time when you're out on the track because, Marsha, when I'm watching the pictures and I see just how close you are to the dogs and uh, and uh, it's it's just amazing because um, you're giving them cuddles, etc. Uh, then they go into the boxes, they do their thing uh, and then on the other side, uh, back with the cuddles again.
4: Yeah. I mean, they do their job. I can't run a 318, let alone a 375. So whatever they do, I'm so proud of them. As long as they come home, I'm over the moon. They go get their ice creams afterwards when they've done well as their reward, and they just have a blast.
0: Marcia, um, where do you uh, tend to get your dogs from? I think you had Just Nya right from the outset, haven't you? From uh, from the first time she went to the races.
4: Yes, um, Ross and Lynn had a litter, and they—I was helping them at the time—and they gave me Just Nya and Mister Felix. So. They help me a ton with my dogs. They give me, like, majority of my dogs that I've had and they help me right through teaching me what's what and Jared and Ness have also been a big part of it and James. Like, I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't have a team support of how to do things right and and that's what it's about, being able to help each other.
0: Yeah, indeed, and look, you're known to rock the punters uh, from time to time, Martin you get some dogs <laughs> home at, uh, at good odds. Do you, do you have a quiet dollar each way?
4: Oh, look, I haven't had a dollar each way. I go there with no expectations, nothing at all, and I think that's half of um, the fun of it. When they do actually come in, I'm like shell-shocked half the time, and I'm like, how did you manage that? We did it. I looked at the field and thought, right, we're coming home with maybe $50. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, I don't um, really bet on them unless, like, I think I oh, yeah, do have a good chance. But yeah, no, I don't really bet on them at all.
0: Well, you've got three greyhounds in at Monaco this afternoon, and uh, my friend yeah. Andy McCook, co-host of Dog Speed, I, I just—he's only called four meetings this week, and I, I feel like he needs to do some more form. So I'm going to throw it to Andy. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you can you can take us through Marsh's runners today.
3: Certainly can, Marsha. Pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, you kick off today in race number two. Come up with box six with Ruby Express, who's in the market at 7.50. Spare draw to her inside, though, so that's uh, got to help her get a little bit more room in the early part of the race.
1: Yeah, look,
4: with Ruby, she's... Oh, that dog's super fast. She's annoying because she's got the speed, but she doesn't have the box speed. But if she picks the jump and gets a clear run, she's got every chance in that race.
3: It's a good start when she's at $7.50. We move on to uh, race number five, where you've got Hardcore Brute going around, and uh, this uh, this fella was able to rock the punters uh, going back not long ago at Cambridge. He's a $12 chance today, and a a nice draw for him. Yes, um,
4: he's come a long way. He's strengthened up quite nicely since I've taken over. Um, He's just so keen to be there. His key component with him, though, is his box speed. He's got to use his box speed to get
3: around them. Because, of course, we do see him uh, when he really uses that box speed and he's a greyhound who's capable of just pinging straight to the lead, isn't he?
4: Yes, he is. He's absolutely got amazing box speed at times. Yeah, he's just come a long way. I'm very, very proud of him.
3: (laughs) On to race number seven and the last of uh, your trio going around today up over the 527 metres is Opawa Trump and he's a, a greyhound who's been in a pretty consistent form of late.
4: Yeah, he's... Um, I got him just before Christmas and gave him um, time off and we've been just taking it easy and he come back real strong so um, I don't like him out in box eight but if... You know, Aniko, if you can get around that first corner, he's got every chance.
3: I'm picking reading between the lines here, Marsha. Of the three of them, that uh, Ruby might be your better chance for the day.
4: Yeah, yeah, she's she's feeling good. She's been silly, so that's always a good thing with Ruby.
3: Well, best of luck today with your uh, charges, Marsha, and uh, hopefully you can salute the judge and uh, and get one or two of them home. Okay, thank you so much, Andy.
0: Always hey, Marsha, absolute pleasure to, yeah, pleasure to have Marsha on the show there. And, Andy, I get to call the races today, and I don't think I've called a Marsha Black winner yet because um, I only get to call them occasionally up there. But uh, hopefully it could be my day today, and uh, I do have Ruby Express high up in my order.
3: Ooh, seven fifty and $2 as well, Rosso. Only seven going round, spare drawer inside. She's been good to me on a couple of occasions, Ruby. I think today might be another one of those days.
0: Hope so, each way all day. You're with Dog
3: Speed. Andy McCook,
0: Mark Rosanowski, taking you through this morning. Our thanks to Marsha Black, our first guest this morning. Very shortly, we're going to catch up with Alan Frost. Now, Alan is the president of the Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club, and, of course, they have not been in action with uh, Hattrick Raceway uh, currently closed. Reviews were done into uh, where to go forward with Hattrick Raceway. Well, we are going forward, and we'll learn as to what role the club will play very shortly here on Dog Speed with grnz.co.nz. You can check out all of that latest information racing today at Monaco. All the fields and form are there. <laughs> Indeed, the dogs are talking. Mark Rosinowski and Eddie McCook with you for grnz.co.nz. Yes, go to their website. You can check out all of the news and information around greyhound racing and lovegreyhounds.org.nz. Some videos that just might surprise you. Uh, we have... On the line, uh, Alan Frost, who is the president of the Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club, and they've effectively been in recess since uh, Hattrick Raceway, uh, was effectively put under review and racing was ceased there. But the good news uh, for the club, and indeed I believe uh, everybody in greyhound racing around the country, is that out of those reviews... Some work, some money is going to be spent on Hattrick Raceway, and we're looking forward to a new and improved version. But what does this mean for the club as it stands at the moment? Uh, Alan, we say a very good morning to you.
2: Good morning, Mark. Andy, how are you
0: guys? Yeah, look, we're doing well, uh, Alan. i just wondering how things have been for you and for the club and what your role is at the moment as we look forward to getting uh, Hattrick Raceway back
2: up and running. Um, obviously for the club point of view it's um, been a pretty quiet time we haven't um, been open and we haven't um, been doing much there you know through time just looking after what we can Um, but since the review got finished and then they commissioned another review on central districts racing um, so there's been two done they've both come back um, the one by michelle ledger in australia which was independent, and the independent one on Central Districts Rations come back, and both said that the um, advice is that the track should be opened, um, it's the right thing to do. So there was a meeting held between um, Graeme in New Zealand and all the participants in the Central Districts that attended, and um, you know they were asked what do they want to do, and they voted that they definitely want the track open. So for us, it's great. Uh, process going forward really at the moment is um, it's going to be led obviously by um, some specialists from Australia who who are, um, have the ability to build tracks and of course um, as a ground club it's not, that's not our specialty. So we've just been finding a couple of contractors along the way and they've been sent through to ground racing now and we're expecting work to start um Hopefully this coming week uh, the first of the processes should take
0: place. Alan, um, the world's a bit of a crazy place at the moment for a variety of reasons and uh, you know, just, just accessing uh, contractors and materials um, can be uh, an issue for people at the moment. Are you um, finding or expecting any problems in that regard?
2: Um, well, the, the initial jobs that we need doing, we, we've been talking to a, to a couple of contractors um, right from the start, or actually from about December, to be honest, about when we were thinking things might start to happen. And they have um, yeah sort of had us in the back of their mind with no set dates. So, yeah, we're all set to go with them. Um, once the track surface has been removed and, and there's a little bit of work to do around some of the... Um, Rails and stuff with some painting and sandblasting. Then there's there's drainage to be done as well, which um, obviously they'll have a specialist who um, can design that properly. Then once those three things are done, then um, yeah, it's going to be the surveying's got to be done, and the, and the Australian people will be involved in in the process of um, getting the track. Um, checked and matched to the plans and making sure that what's moved and what happened and then getting the new surface down. But up until that point, we have, um, yeah, we, we've got our contractors just sitting there. Um, luckily, the people, local people, Wonganui, that, that we've got a good relationship with. Alan, what
0: sort of a timeline do you expect from a club's perspective before we can uh, see racing
2: again at Hatrick? Yeah, it's really difficult to answer. G R N Z have come back and said they definitely want everything working by one August, um, and that's fully functional. So it, it's really, I think it's about a two months job from who I've spoken to. Once the work takes place, but a lot of that's going to be, you know, how G R N Z are going with finding the the people that they, you know, the specialist people that to do the actual track laying and, and getting the right stuff on there and getting everything bang on, because it can't be half-heartedly done. This is going to be done to the highest standards that Australasia can you know, provide. So got to have the right people involved, and um, they are organising that side of it. So hopefully, um, it doesn't take too long, but that was their furthest out target, target date was from the new season.
0: Ellen, you mentioned uh, the rail there before, obviously it's not just um, you know the track surface that makes up uh, a, a working, functioning uh, raceway, um, with things currently the way they are, things like the rail and the wire rope system, things like that, are, are there things there that you can do or refurbish at the moment?
2: Yep, so we did um, initially look at possibly getting involved in the battery lure that they run in Australia, which has been on our mind for a long time, but... Um, the temperature change in Wanganui um won't allow that to work correctly, um, the system that they run in Australia. So, um, because over there they only really run it in the places that have a stable um temperature weather wise. And obviously Wanganui is definitely not a place that has that. So we'll be, you know, continuing with the wire rope um system that we have on the Eddie drive. But that was all fully refurbished about eighteen months ago, so but the rail, the running rail's been there from day one and it, it, it's been looked after and had coats of paint put on it and that, but it's never been stripped back. And um, so this is an opportunity to get it sandblasted and painted. And that was the advice that we got um, from some of the Australian people was to actually do it now before the tracks remove and then anything that comes off will come off with the track. So it's a good opportunity to get, you know, things like that done because that'll set it for a long time.
0: Indeed, Ellen. Um, look, um, I've noticed there's a few trainers that, that aren't racing their dogs uh, anywhere, be it Manawatu or, or Cambridge or anywhere for that matter, and um, you've got a couple of greyhounds as well that I haven't seen out for a while, so uh, what's up with your greyhounds and uh, you know, are there opportunities for you to race elsewhere or will they simply sit on the sidelines from a racing perspective until, um, until Hattrick's back?
2: Yep, um, Yep. you're just right. There's uh, quite a few sitting around and, and other genuine 305, 300-metre 300 dogs that we don't have. Uh, um, the nearest place is Auckland, which is a fair haul from here, um, with Palmerston only being 14. Even the 375 for some, in Cambridge is you know, a bit of a stretch for the genuine 300-metre dogs. So, yeah, there is a lot sitting around. I know four or five trainers that have got them, and I've got my two girls sitting here. Um, who I have run at Cambridge a couple of times, but um, I gave them a spell and then they came into season, so they've had an extended break, but they are back in work at the moment, and I may well go back to Cambridge if he's not ready, when they're ready. But, yeah, your genuine 305 dogs just haven't had an opportunity since track closed. So, you know, I know a lot of people are just sitting them. Some are running them 14 at Palmerston, but they, you know, they're not really... Um, doing their best work because it's not suitable, and there's also a lot of dogs that um, come up from Christchurch that foot four trainers up here that are genuine three hundred metre dogs because the opportunities there to for them, those dogs haven't been coming through to the central districts recently. Well, and look, um,
0: thanks for the update. It's uh, nice to hear from uh, the the club perspective and things looking encouraging and I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, to, to Hatrick Raceway so uh, all the best with uh, yours and the uh, club's part in this and we'll be checking in with Greyhound Racing New Zealand as well uh, just to see how things are going over the next couple of months.
2: Yeah no excellent thanks for the call and we're looking forward to the track being open and and you know getting back to the two-turn racing because that's a you know that's really been missed especially in the higher grade um, you know, you see five dogs and that should be running around, the, the, you know, the premier two-turn tracks. So not too long, hopefully.
0: Yeah, Indeed. Uh, Alan Frost there, the president of the Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club, with an update from the club's perspective in terms of Hetrick Raceway and what's happening there and what will be happening over the next couple of months. Oh, one thing I can be assured of, I think, guaranteed, there is going to be a terrific reopening at Hattrick, because I think the locals will be bursting to get down to that track when it happens. You are with uh, Dog Speed on SENZ. Uh, Mark Rosinowski here. handy Andy is just sitting back with his feet up at the moment, but we're going to make him work very shortly when we catch up with our next guest, Ashley Bradshaw. That's coming soon on Dogspeed with grnz.co.nz. Check it out for all of your greyhound racing information on and off the track.
3: We love our dogs, they love to race. GRNZ.co.nz is where you can head to catch up with uh, all of the latest foreman stories around greyhound racing in New Zealand, and of course results. And what a week it was last week for our next guest, Ashley Bradshaw on Friday, training a treble, but not only that, four winners off the property as well with uh, their staff member and Josh Lane having a winner in St Andrews. Ashley, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us.
1: Well thank you for having
3: me. Oh it's an absolute pleasure Ashley. We start off by going over the results from Friday and uh, what a cracker of a day it was for, uh, for you and Pete and three winners on the program headed up of course by the fella having his first start back. Big Hamlet as we know him and uh, must have been good to have him back at the races.
1: Yeah look it's been a long time coming with him as you know. He's just had injury after injury and He's come back from two career-ending injuries, so to get that win, it was just an amazing feeling.
3: And fresh up over 520 metres it was as well for upstart Crow and a, a greyhound who, as you say, he's shown immense ability throughout his entire career from a very young age, hasn't he? I don't, I don't think many people would know how good this boy actually is, but it must be uh, really rewarding for you and the team to get him back in a fresh state, winning over the 500-metre uh, the journey.
1: Yeah, it, it was just a a long process to get him there. Before he started racing, he'd been broken in, had set some really amazing times, and then he went out and tore a cruciate ligament, which for a lot of dogs, that is completely career-ending. There'd been some studies and some dogs done in Australia that had done cruciate and returned to racing, so we thought, why not? We'll we'll just hold on to him, give him that time and just see how he goes. He managed to return from that. And now he went and tore the stop attendant as well. So another massive career-ending potential injury. And look, he's just returned from that, returned over 5.20. It's it's day by day as whether we keep racing him, but so far it's looking OK.
3: He was very good on Friday. He was able to uh, find the early lead. And once he was there, they weren't going to get anywhere near him because uh, we know he's relatively strong through the line as well over the 520 metres and... Gee, Ashley, to come back from injuries like that, I know you say the career ending for people tuning in that don't know much about greyhounds, career ending is exactly what those two injuries are. If you get one of them, let alone two of them, so to to get him back, gee, it must have taken a lot of hard work from the team.
1: It really did. It's been a a lot of waiting. We just gave him a lot of time to get the healing process done, Um, and that that was the biggest influence. He's, He's now an older dog, and he doesn't help himself. He normally doesn't jump, so... To get him jumping on Friday was a bit of a shock for us. It just gave him that perfect race. But his previous issues in the past have been that he hasn't jumped and then he's trying to work a field with the injuries as well.
3: So it must be good to have a dog with ability like he has, but um, picking frustrating as well, pulling a hair out of uh, of what could have been had he have gone through his life injury-free.
1: Yeah, it is a bit of a shame. Obviously, we knew how good he was early on, but for other people just to not see us and not be able to get a consistent racing career is quite a shame for him. But, you know, he's, he's done so well and people that know what he's been through are, are just amazed as well.
3: Of course, you also had a couple other winners on the programme on Friday. Yoshi Moon, who jumped straight to the lead. And again, like, uh, like uh, the previous fella in Upstart Crow, once he found the lure, they weren't going to get past him.
1: No, and just jumping to the front really set him up quite well. He does tend to move off the rail, which can let a lot of dogs in underneath him, and he loses quite a few races that way. But he just managed to to get out in front and get some clear air, and even just moving off slightly like he did, it, it, it didn't seem to affect him on Friday.
3: And your third winner on the program on picking was pretty special as well, the old girl, Black Stockings, who was uh, back last into the first corner, and uh, you wouldn't think she's over four now. She was able to pick her way through the field, and uh, that was a, a really impressive win from the old girl.
1: Yeah, we were watching the race thinking, oh, you know, she, she might place in this, and we are going to be quite happy with that, but she just kept running. She'd run the 600 the week prior, and she's gone really good race. Like, for a four-year-old, as you say, she'd gone a great race. She just couldn't quite see out the end, so I didn't expect her to have quite a strong finish on the Friday, but you no, know, she went and blew us away and, and won, won as well, start 100.
3: It was start 100, it was good to see, and uh, also having start 100 was uh, your uh, kennel foreman's dog in St Andrews, and he was able to salute as well.
1: Yeah, another start 100, it was quite incredible to get, to, to get two on the same kennel base and in the same day, so it was a bit of a shock to get both of them around to a win, but very very pleased with them.
3: Ashley, on Thursday, we saw your kennel star, I guess you'd call him, in Monty Madhammer. He's, of course, one of the uh, the country's leading sprinters. He's probably one of the most underrated sprinters in the country at the top level. Things didn't go well for him, and it was his first start for a while. What's been, uh, what's been the issues with him of late?
1: He's had an ongoing slight uh, groin tear, and it just seems to be one that pops up every now and then, so we had to give him a bit of time off here and there. He's had some physio work for his spine as well, um, obviously we're a bit disappointed with the run but having glitched outside and bringing the field down onto him it, it was something that was potentially going to happen and that's just the way the race went
3: Yeah, certainly a map for him to get a rough run early potentially, where does he head to now and did he come through that run okay?
1: Yeah, so far he's looking alright he'll be having another run today and we'll just see how he goes from there we're tossing up with where we're placing him next. We're eyeing up possibly going to Invercargill with some of them, but we haven't quite decided just yet we'll make that decision after today's run and tomorrow. Of
3: course, you've got a, a relatively young team around you at, at the moment as well, and uh, one of those is a greyhound called Caesar Lies, who was very good putting back-to-back wins together in nice times. Didn't have a great deal of luck on Friday, but he's a, a greyhound with a, a, what appears to be a, a relatively nice future in front of him.
1: Yeah, he's a very big, solid, strong boy. And you can see that in his races, he can get some good finishes going. He, again, he's one from that litter of ours that just tend to sit wide on the track so he can let the dogs underneath him, which is his biggest flaw. But I think with more time and more maturity, because he's such a solid boy, he's having to learn to handle the camber and everything like that. He, He should get there and progress up the grades.
3: Of course, Ashley, outside of the racing side of things, you're also in charge of the uh, uh, the Canterbury version of the Rehab to Rehoming programme. We had you on Kiwi Chasing a while ago on the Australian version of this, but for our listeners that haven't tuned in and haven't caught up with that chat, give us a little bit of a rundown on what that entails and what greyhound racing in New Zealand are doing for these greyhounds who do, unfortunately, from time to time, get hurt. So the Rehab to Rehome
1: scheme takes on any of the greyhounds, and they're now including some of the ones that get injured at home. So any on-track injuries that happen that are career-ending, need surgery, that sort of situation, greyhound racing have kennel bases set up that you can hand the dog over to a specialised team that can focus on all the vets, uh, any physio work, and get those dogs all rehabilitated and ready for rehoming.
3: It's a really good scheme that Greyhound Racing New Zealand have brought in uh, amongst uh, a few other things, and uh, it's a really good aspect of Greyhound Racing these days. And, uh, Ashley, of course, we race at Addington Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Field's already out for Monday and Tuesday. It would be remiss of me to let you go without uh, trying to tip the the listeners into a winner or two.
1: I honestly haven't looked at the field yet, and I know that's going to sound really terrible, but I have so much on that I haven't even looked at them.
3: (laughs) We will let you away with it, Ashley. We will let you away with it. I can tell you that uh, the big boy upstart Crows drawn the eight, and he's probably going to be hard to beat. And I think Yoshi Moon might have drawn white as well, so he's probably hard to beat too, but that's all right. Uh, we'll let you go, Ashley. Thank you for joining us uh, on the show, and best of luck uh, with the coming week, and uh, what's ahead for you?
1: Yeah, thank you for that. We've got a few rehab ones heading off to rehoming, and we'll just keep plugging away with the rest and carry on with the racing. But, we're yeah, we're making steady progress.
3: No, that's good. Thank you very much for your time, Ashley. Yeah, Rozo, a, a team that goes very well down here in Canterbury is the Bradshaw team. Of course, Ashley, alongside partner Pete CQ, they do a lot of their own breeding and they break them all in and they do the whole lot themselves. And included in that is that uh, rehab program. So a busy kennel that gets results as well.
0: Indeed, Andy. Uh, fine ambassadors for this sport of greyhound racing. This has been... Uh, dog speed thank you for joining us we will be back next week at the later time of 11 o'clock so Andy can work as dogs in the morning with Janine check out grnz.co.nz for now dog speed to you catch you next week
3: sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise that's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money you can get what you need now get back on the road safely and pay for it later terms and conditions apply so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13